0: What's FDA-approved, grown in the USA, and is a protein-packed
1: snack for your chickens? Grubleys, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> we only want the best for our flocks, and that's why Grubly Farms Grublies are the official chicken snack of the Drink and Farm podcast.
0: Not only are Grublies great for chickens, but they're also a rich source of nutrients for ducks and turkeys and
1: even wild birds. So bring all the poultry and waterfowl to the yard with Grubly's. Go to GrublyFarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Farm things. We drinking farm things. Hey, Sam.
0: Oh, hey, Bev. What you drinking over there?
1: I'm drinking my new favorite everyday beer. Ooh. And it is a Fifty West Brewing Company Ocean City, which is a strawberry goza ale. And I'm really excited about 50 West because they're putting in a tap room in Chillicothe. (sighs) So soon, I'm gonna have like a great source for, for craft beer in town.
0: Nice. So how did you decide that this was your new favorite beer?
1: Well, I like it because it's really light. It's a four and a half percenter, so it's easy to drink. Mm. And it has just like a a slightly tart taste because of the goza, but the nice like strawberry flavor makes it easy too. It's just kind of like a, it's like a good summer beer for relaxing and, and, you know, you can drink a bunch of them and be fine because they're so light Mm -hmm. and they taste good. So, yeah. What are you drinking over there?
0: I am drinking something that you probably wouldn't be able to drink a bunch of and be fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am drinking an Urban Artifact Squeeze Box, which I know you've drank before while Mm -hmm. recording. And it is a strawberry Midwest fruit tart, and it is 8.6% alcohol by volume, which is why you would not want to probably drink more than like maybe two of these (laughs) if you're doing any serious uh, farming of any sort. Um, But this one, yeah, we're both drinking strawberry beers. That's kind of funny. But I like this one a lot. And this is one that was introduced to me while we were at Coop Camp, too. So this is another Coop Camp trip beer, which it's almost been like two months since Coop Camp, and I'm just now like almost out of those beers.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, we did. We picked our selections well to get us through quite a few weeks here. (laughs)
1: nice and welcome to we drink and we farm things that's Bev over there and that's Sam over there
0: and this is the
1: farm comedy
0: podcast that is an adult happy hour for your ears
1: we drink adult beverages talk about the ups and downs of farming things and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life
0: We want to create a community for farmers, whether you are a hobby-sized farm or have a huge farm. We want you to come listen and feel like you're not so alone in this farm thing.
1: We keep it real with you and find humor in the mistakes we make, the new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related.
0: And speaking of those tangents, we cut a lot of those and stick them up on the Patreon. So this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, and you can go check out our Patreon page by going to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm, and we put all sorts of fun things up there. So if you join us at the $2 level or above, you're going to be able to indulge in those extras. Um, and also, we're, we're starting to brainstorm our next Patreon supporter gift. So if you're at the $5 level or above, that gifty is coming at you pretty soon here.
1: Ooh, i'm excited me too and our drinks this episode are sponsored by natalie quist which is at cloud lover fiber on the instagram and natalie is one of our patreon peeps and she is sponsoring these drinks
0: so cheers lady cheers and she's had real life drinks with us too yes she has so so i don't think we have any corrections this week but i do have a bit of follow-up I realized when I was re-listening to last week's episode that I never explained about the Red Star Coop decoration from Henny and Rue and how more would I bring more up with that later. And I was like listening to it. and I was like, oh, I left everyone hanging. Not that people probably remember or care too much, but I felt silly. So... What I wanted to say was it it ties into the farm story last week with the raccoons. Um, Those little effers climbed to the top of my omelet coop, tore the coop decoration off. And in my head, I see them like standing on their hind legs on top of the coop saying F you and like throwing the star down on the ground. Um, they probably just <laughs> got up there and, like, accidentally unacked it down. But in my head, they were spiteful because we took out a couple of their, their buddies. So that was the tie-in from the Henny and Rubox review to the farm story last week that I just forgot to tell. So there you go. If you've been, like, on the edge of your seats wondering what the heck. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing because... I'm actually picturing them seeing it and going, ooh, shiny. (laughs) (laughs) And like grabbing it off and trying to take it. So they've like got it in their little hands, and they're banging it (laughs) into the wire run over and over again, trying to fit it through. And they're like, why can't I get this? And then they drop it. And they're like, oh, no more shiny. (laughs) No more shiny.
0: Yeah, those poor chickens that live in that coop, they've seen some things. (laughs)
1: <laughs> luckily raccoons come out at night so they couldn't like drop the star on the chickens because yeah. that would have been a little traumatizing yeah just a little <laughs> uh, stars fall the sky would really be falling Yeah, like chicken little yeah <laughs> oh my gosh huh. well I think we can dive right in to this episode's topic now
0: yes I think so too
1: So we're going to talk about goat pneumonia and I won't leave anybody hanging. If you haven't heard uh, one of our goats, Darby, she came down with pneumonia last week and she did die from it and I'm ready to talk about it even though I'm still really upset by it because I think that sharing exactly what we observed and experienced with this And the things that we learned from it uh, is a great way to honor her memory Mm -hmm. because some of the information can be used to save somebody else's goat.
0: Right. Totally agree with that sentiment. And I think I'm, I don't want to say I'm excited to hear about it because obviously it's kind of a dark situation, but I'm appreciating the opportunity to learn, um, everything that you learned in the process and all the research that you did
1: well and I think it's gonna be really good for a lot of people too because goat pneumonia isn't all that rare so unfortunately it's something that I think a lot of people will run into at some point in their goat keeping if they keep a lot of goats for a really long time So I think that this will end up being really valuable information and the links that we share, if you like keep them on hand, uh, then they'll be handy to you in an emergency. Because I know there's nothing worse than having an emergency and just like doing the Google search and trying to decide like what's good info and what's not. So, yeah, could probably save somebody some time for sure. And I'm going to try to make an attempt to tell this story without getting overly emotional because I um I think that when you're too emotional while you're giving information it can be really hard to understand and come out like sort of nonsensical but I wanted to tell everybody that because I don't want to be judged for not sounding like I'm sad enough uh because I know that that can happen sometimes like we have this idea in our heads for like how people should grieve or how they should be able to talk about stuff right and I want to make sure that like It's super clear from the beginning that, like, we're really upset by this. But I think that sharing the information is so important that it's worthwhile to me to kind of, like, tamp that down and Mm -hmm. get it out, especially while it's still fresh so I don't forget anything. Right. So I'm going to share the clinical information about the pneumonia first. And I got all the clinical information from TennesseeMeatGoats.com. And that is actually the source that I used For the most part, while we were actively trying to treat Darby's pneumonia, uh, we don't have very good cell service or internet access in our barn. And unfortunately, that was where I was at for most of it. So my ability to do research was like really hampered. So I was like running outside, looking at the article, reading some stuff, and like, okay, we can try this. And then I'd go back inside and give it a try. Um, But the. she has like a wealth of information in this article. And the person that wrote it is Suzanne W. Gasparado from Onion Creek Ranch in Texas. Um, the article that we're using was last updated on July 2nd, 2018. So it is relatively recent information. And I'm sure they share that because they probably do go in and update as new knowledge is found. So I want you to have like a timestamp for when we got this information.
0: I'm pretty sure this was the same author of the article that um, I referenced last week when we were talking about goat diarrhea. So this lady's got it going on and knows what she's talking about.
1: Yeah she totally does. So uh, goats as a species have difficulty maintaining internal body temperature especially when the weather conditions change rapidly and pneumonia is often the result of the rapidly changing weather. They can tolerate hot and cold if the changes in temperature are gradual but they can have some serious problems coping with wet and wind. So that's why goats need a roofed, three-sided shelter to provide wind and rain protection, and also to provide shade if your property doesn't have any trees on it. And it's also really important to note that pneumonia can be a year-round killer, but spring and summer are prime time for it to kill goats of all ages. And this is really important because our vet actually told us that summer was an unusual time for him to see pneumonia. Um, And all of the research that I've done since Darby's passing has indicated that he was incorrect about that and that this is exactly the time of year that we should watch for it. Hmm and wide swings in temperature and sudden changes in climatic conditions such as wet weather coupled with high daytime temperatures high humidity and much lower evening temperatures can set the stage for pneumonia and goat kids especially have trouble controlling their body temperature so they are more susceptible to pneumonia than adult goats are and i think it's important to know as well that the two most common causes of death in goats are worms and pneumonia And wormy goats are more likely to develop pneumonia, so checking their FAMACHA scores often is important. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for how to check FAMACHA scores. And we did talk about it on an episode, and I forgot to look up which episode it was. But basically, you just check their eyelids for color. And a good shade of pink is ideal. Light pink means that they're a little overly wormy and should be treated. And white means that they're super anemic and they need to be wormed as soon as you can possibly worm them. And I think knowing like what your goat's shade of eyelid color is normally is really important. One of the things I'm thinking of adding to my list of to-dos is when I trim hooves to check their eyelids and snap a picture of it. So then I can save it in a file and I can go back and reference them if I ever think that it doesn't quite look healthy you'll be like oh yeah when I did this two months ago Tonks's eyelids were way darker pink than they are now so I should probably go ahead and warmer but that requires a lot of organization
0: (laughs) yeah and you gotta remember too like depending on where you're trimming hooves the lighting might be different and camera and lighting can be a little weird um so it's not a bad idea to get that baseline and like the more you do it the More your brain's gonna retain that image, anyways. So, I think if you combine those two things, should be helpful. And you can uh, always re- like do a Google search. Um, and like there's this it's the FAMACHA score thing Bob was talking about, but there's pictures to reference like the different shades. But I agree, it's good, it's a good regular thing to do. And if your goat is acting off at all. Um, that's generally the first thing I check for uh, outside of taking its temperature is that eyelid cover. And then you can also check their gums, too, for pink color.
1: Oh, yeah, because their gums and their eyelids should both be a healthy shade of pink. If their gums are white, that's also a sign of am- anemia, right? Mm-hmm. Good to know. And interstitial pneumonia, that's what I'm going to call it. I don't know that I quite pronounce <laughs> that right. Interstitial pneumonia is the most common and deadly form of pneumonia in goats, and its symptoms can be easily missed. So interstitial pneumonia has only one symptom, and it's a quick onset of very high fever, and it says as high as 106 degrees Fahrenheit, or even higher, followed by rapid fall of core body temperature. And when the body temperature falls below 100 degrees Fahrenheit, The goat's lungs are filling up with fluid and it's dying. And the goat can appear healthy at night and be dead by morning. So death can occur in as little as four hours. So if you aren't tuned to your goat's normal behaviors, you can easily miss the onset of this type of pneumonia. And it's also really important to note that goats don't catch this type of pneumonia from each other existing in the environment, this is an opportunistic bacteria that latches on to an immunocompromised goat. So this type of pneumonia, if your goat gets it, it's very likely because they had some other underlying issue. Mm. Um, Sort of like how chickens end up with comorbidities when they get sick and just suddenly drop dead. And you're like, well, they were showing signs of this and this, so what do I treat for it? It's usually because they had more than one.
0: Same thing happens to humans, too.
1: That's true. So if a high fever is present in your goat, it must be brought down quickly. And there are fever-reducing medications. And there's um, appropriate antibiotic therapies that should be started immediately if your goat has pneumonia. And if the illness has progressed far enough, the goat may try to sit down Moan with discomfort and then immediately stand up because fluid has begun accumulating in their lungs and abdomen and its c- kidneys are shutting down. And a goat in this condition probably can't be saved, but it's always worthwhile to try until efforts prove futile. And a goat that wants to live can overcome amazing obstacles. So, just like people, if they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, sometimes they can snap back out of it and get themselves healthy again. So that's why it's really, uh, what's what I'm looking for? It's really discouraging when you can't get your animal to stand up or move because that sort of feels like they can't get over that hump if they mm-hmm. can't have the energy to fight. And it also says in the article that once the lungs fill with fluid, that survival is unlikely. And the author of this article says that if she realizes that she can't save a goat, She does the humane thing and euthanizes the goat to stop its suffering. But as someone who doesn't have a lot of experience with this type of thing, I wouldn't recommend that because it's hard to tell when it's time to give up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it also just feels really hopeless. (laughs) Yeah. So, But she says that in the article. So I thought it was important to note in case anybody does have a lot of experience with something that that's a totally valid and reasonable stance to take on it. And the article also discusses tons of different ways to treat pneumonia with specific antibiotics and fever reducers, but there were so many options, combinations, and doses that I thought it was a bit too much for a podcast discussion and would have just gotten really confusing.
0: (laughs) And most likely, if you're listening to this, you're probably driving or doing farm chores, so you're probably not going to stop what you're doing and grab a pen in your chicken shit-covered hands and write it all down so (laughs) article will be in the show notes go bookmark it that's what I'm gonna do just so I have it handy
1: definitely bookmark it and read it before you're you end up finding a goat that you think may have pneumonia because I think that reading it will help kind of give you that information the first time Mm -hmm. and maybe you can recognize something a little sooner if you read it um And uh, there's also some stuff in the article that she recommends you can use to stock your first aid kit because time is of the essence when you realize you have a goat that has pneumonia. So if getting a vet to your farm is difficult or beyond your financial means, then keeping some of the stuff on hand will be worthwhile if, if you want to try to save a goat that has pneumonia for sure. And the author of this article is a believer in using prescription antibiotics to treat pneumonia in goats. Um, Just a couple of them so that you can recognize some of the names are Nuflar, Nuflar Gold, XNL, RTU. And she says that those are far more effective than the -the over-the-counter products. So like an over-the-counter product would be like a Pen-G that you can pick up uh, from the refrigerator at Tractor Supply, which is what I keep in my refrigerator. And she also says that they're worth the extra expense. And in her experience since raising goats since 1990, she's learned that single shot or every other day injections of antibiotics are not effective with goats. And this is a really important part of Darby's story because her vet gave us a single dose antibiotic and said that it would be good for five days. So she wouldn't need a follow up and he likely said that because I think that that's the protocol for sheep and cattle, but I'm not a vet, so I'm not hundred percent sure. But goats are different creatures that we end up using a lot of off-label products on for them, so they don't react the same as creatures that like a vet would consider to be similar, you know, like biologically. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they just don't act the same. And uh, if I had known that information, I would have asked him to leave us some of it and I would have given it to her every 12 hours. Now, I don't know that it would have made a difference in her case, but now that I know that goats don't react to the five-day antibiotic, as well as some other ruminant animals do, um, I'll have that information in my back pocket so that if I ever have to go through something like this again, he and i can discuss it and he can tell me why he thinks that the five day will be fine or why he may agree and be like oh yeah you know i should leave you a file of this if that has been your experience in the past so because it's important to be able to have an open dialogue with your vet like it's hard because you don't want to pretend like you know more than them because obviously i don't (laughs) like being a google warrior doesn't make you a vet (laughs) right but uh your experiences are valid and you should be able to discuss them you know with them in a respectful manner and I'm sure that they appreciate having the feedback from you as well because like when you call a farm vet like our vet has no idea that Darby died because he's not like the dog's vet you know where we right. go in and see them right all the time yeah and uh if chest congestion is present you can relieve that by giving an expectorant, antihistamine, decongestion, decongestant, and that can be given orally twice a day at a dosage of approximately six cc's per 100 pounds body weight, and children's Robitussin DM is something that is acceptable to use. I guess there used to be a prescription version of this available for goats, but according to the article, that's not available anymore. So that's why she recommends the Robitussin DM. And you should keep a sick goat in a shaded, dry, free from draft location with plenty of fresh water, electrolytes, free choice hay, and green leaves. And you should not feed a sick goat sacked feed because the rumen is off and won't properly digest grains. And if the goat is off feed, you should give vitamin B1, which is thiamine injections. And you can give them intermuscularly or sub Q or subcutaneously every 12 hours, dosing at 4 cc's per 100 pounds. Um, My vet recommends that if you aren't familiar with giving injections that you give everything sub-Q to a goat because they can still uh, process it. It just doesn't process as fast as intermuscularly, but if you hit a vein instead of the muscle when you're giving an injection, you can kill a goat really fast. So if you don't have injection experience, he recommends sub-Q. And sub-Q is when you tent the skin up and just insert the needle under the skin and put the medicine in and then drop the skin intramuscularly is when you like stab the needle straight into the muscle mm. just in case anyone didn't know what that was yeah and uh this part is really important because brain function depends on the availability of thiamine and it takes a healthy rumen to produce thiamine we did not have any of this uh vitamin b on hand And I didn't come across this part of the information until like it was late in the afternoon on the second day of Darby's sickness. And in fact, I was sitting, uh, we were eating dinner and I was sitting at the counter and I was reading it while I was eating my dinner. And I looked up at Jared and I was like, I'm gonna go out there and go check on Darby. And if she's still alive, I'm gonna go run out to tractor supply and go get some of this vitamin B that we can inject into her. Cause I think that this might be the boost that she needs to like get moving again. And she had passed when I went out there, so I didn't get to go to the store to go get it. Um, But that is something that may may or may not have made a difference in her. Like, it's really hard to say, like, what you would do differently because you can only do, you know, like what you can do with the stuff you have on hand and the knowledge you have at that time. But I think interjecting and telling people where I would do something differently is important because maybe that information can like stick with you so you can recall it if you do have to go through this be like oh Bev said she would have vitamin b so I should go grab some just to have just in case
0: right yeah and you can do all of this stuff and run through the gamut and it could still not work it just it sounds like it just depends on how quickly you catch it and like the goats will to push through it
1: yeah for sure and you know the goats level of health before this before you know like the pneumonia hit because only like an extremely healthy goat can overcome something as Mm -hmm. debilitating as pneumonia if they have other issues it might be a little tougher for them to get over that hump So if your goat isn't drinking any water, you can orally drench electrolytes um, or something else that I like to orally drench is NutriDrench because it's got like the molasses and the sugars and the vitamins and stuff in it. And if dehydration is severe, she recommends subcutaneous, which is sub-Q or SQ delivery of lactated ringer solution, which requires a vet prescription as of when she wrote this article or you can do an IV delivery, but it's necessary for a vet to place the IV. And it's also really important to know that a hundred pound goat needs one gallon, which is three thousand eight hundred and forty <laughs> cc's of fluids in small amounts over a twenty-four hour period. So you cannot syringe by mouth enough fluids for a goat on a daily basis. And if you try, you can cause the goat to aspirate fluid into its lungs, which is even worse for pneumonia. And um you can stomach tube, which she says that stomach tubing is easy and much safer. Um, And there is information on how to to stomach tube on the website, but I was not going to stomach tube.
0: (laughs) No, I'd be calling the vet for that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not ready for that. Maybe ask me five years from now if I've stomach tubed anything yet. (laughs) You want to be sure and follow up all antibiotic treatments with an oral probiotic. Um, but don't bother using it until after the antibiotic regimen has been completed because the antibiotics kill all the healthy healthy gut flora as well, just like they do in humans. So the goats need all of that um, replenished. And uh, she says that pneumonia has become such a problem in goat herds that she's begun to use and recommend Prespons HM, which is a pneumonia vaccine by Berenger Ingelheim to prevent pneumonia and it's available over the counter at feed stores. And it's a cattle vaccine that she's using off label for goats. And upon the recommendation of a veterinarian, the dose is one dose, one CC sub Q for all goats under 60 pounds, live weight and two CCs for goats over 60 pounds, live weight. And you give them their first regimen four weeks apart and then annually thereafter. And she has found that a specific vaccine to be more effective than an older Colorado serum pneumonia vaccine that was made specifically for goats. So even though this is for cattle, she has found that it works better using this regimen. So that's all the clinical information on pneumonia.
0: So do you think you're going to give your goats the pneumonia vaccine?
1: So I am thinking about it. They're due to get their CD&Ts, so that would be a good time to do it, because I could do it all at once. Yeah. Um, you know, once you start sticking the needle, it's easier <laughs> to just keep doing it over and over again <laughs> than to pull them in <laughs> a bunch of different times. They'll stop yeah. coming to me if I stick them with a needle every time they see me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> so I am considering it, especially because this type of pneumonia is something that you can't prevent for. You know, like, she talks about all of those management practices and stuff, just like we did for diarrhea last time. But I left them all out because we all know that goats are healthier when you keep them in clean surroundings. Like, that's just a right. no-brainer.
0: Right. But they also poop in their food dish. So there's only so much you <laughs> exactly. <can really> do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So I, I am considering it, especially because, like, now that I know – that vaccinations can be an important part of an organic farm's uh, herd management practices, because if you vaccinate your animals, you're preventing them from getting sick in the first place, which will require less medication and antibiotic use in the long run, which is better for them and better for the environment. So I am thinking about it, um, but I have not made a decision yet I'll let everybody know when I decide though giving all the shots is not my favorite thing to do on the farm (laughs) but it's necessary (laughs) right would you consider giving your goats the pneumonia vaccine
0: I'd consider it but I won't lie like my goats are behind on their cd and t because life and I don't like needles and I'm sure that that is pretty risky um But that's just the current situation. Like, probably next time we trim their hooves, I should just bite the bullet and stick them with a needle. Um, And by then, (laughs) they'll be a little taller. So the younger ones' heads will even fit into the milking stand. Right now, they're a little short. So they can, like, wiggle their little heads out of there if they figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Yeah. It's something I would consider, too, but I almost wonder, like, how effective that vaccine is. Like, she's saying it's more effective than the last one, but what was the baseline of the last one and this one? So.
1: That's a good point.
0: I mean, just because you have a vaccine for something doesn't mean that it couldn't happen. Um, in animals and humans. It just decreases the likelihood. So it's probably good to do both, (laughs) like have the vaccine and keep an eye on everyone. Um, So it would just be nice to have more data behind, like how effective it is. So I can balance out in my brain, like how closely I need to watch for certain signs based on the effectiveness of a vaccine.
1: You know, I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my head as something to research soon and we can definitely share that information by follow-up a few weeks from now. It's not gonna be next week or anything, Um, but we can share what those findings were by follow-up and then what I decided to do. Cause yeah, I, I agree. I would like to know what the effectiveness is because of course like every other medical, thing that you do with yourself or your animals there are risks involved there are risks involved every time you stick them with a needle because you know like infection can get introduced or the needle can go into the wrong spot which can cause death or some other crazy thing to happen goats can have reactions to certain vaccines so that's why they always recommend that you have epinephrine on hand whenever you're vaccinating goats um so, yeah, it's definitely not without risks, even if it prevents something like pneumonia. So it's definitely something that has to be, like, balanced out and weighed mentally. Mm-hmm. And I was going to tell you, uh, my goats are totally behind on their CD&T also. Oh. <laughs> so it's not just you. So don't feel bad. <laughs> Yay. Procrastinators so,
0: uh, unite. Later. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: and that's one of the reasons why I always keep uh, the tetanus antitoxin on hand because uh, even if you're up to date you know they're not always hundred percent effective but then you know if you go late then you definitely want to have those things on hand just in case you know something like that does come up so mm-hmm. so yeah so now uh, I think it's time to tell you Darby's story So uh, with Darby, knowing what we know now, the conditions for pneumonia were textbook perfect. So you've probably heard us talk about how our Midwest weather has been kind of insane recently. It's been really hot. It's been crazy humid. And the temps are swinging down really fast when the rain finally breaks. And the amount of rain that we have had this year has been astounding. So ripe for pneumonia. And I also want to tell you a little something about Darby. Uh, Darby the goat never quite looked right, which is partly why I found her so endearing. Um, She was a full-blooded Nigerian dwarf goat, but she had floppy ears, which is not correct. Uh, She was also bigger than all of the other goats and easily had 10 pounds on them, even though she always looked really skinny and bony and her rumen never like expanded and looked like it was working properly. Like all of my goats look like they swallowed a barrel (laughs) except Darby. Darby was skinny, but she ran and seemed happy and kept up with everybody. So like in our minds, we were always just like, Oh, well that's Darby. She's like the goat. That's kind of a weird goat. She's a little weird looking. (laughs) She's a little weird acting. That's just who she was. Um, So we didn't really think to kind of look into it. We were just like, Darby's a weird goat, that's all. Yeah. Um, and she was also a goat that never really warmed up to us. So she wanted nothing to do with us. Darby was <laughs> happiest when we were not around. And when we were around trying to help her with things that she needed, you know, like clipping her hooves or checking her to make sure that she was healthy and whatnot, she complained so loudly it was nothing short of obnoxious. <laughs>
0: We have one of those in our herd, too. Oh, my gosh. You touch that goat, you think you were killing it. Like, the yelling is just next level.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you've seen those YouTube videos of goats yelling. That's how Darby yelled. And all of our other goats are very quiet compared to her. (laughs) But they're not quiet either. So, yeah. So, I think that those are important parts of Darby's story um, because I think – like now that I look at them after the fact that something like this was kind of likely for Darby and I just hadn't really considered him. So, um, I realized that something was really wrong with Darby when I saw her last Saturday morning and she looked like she was foaming at the mouth. So my first thought with foaming at the mouth was that it was bloat. So I syringed her with baking soda and I, replenished her rumen with some probiotics. And my husband came over to kind of help me because Darby's not an easy goat to give anything to (laughs) via a a drench syringe. Yeah. And he was looking at her and he's like, I don't think Darby has bloat. Like if she was bloated, wouldn't her rumen be bloated? Like she looks as skinny as she always does. So we were like, oh shit, this is something else. This isn't bloat. So the foam that was coming out of her mouth was clear. It was really bubbly and it was sticky. And um, once we discovered that she had pneumonia, we realized that it wasn't foam coming from her mouth. It was the mucus and fluid that was leaking from her lungs. I always thought that that fluid would be like green or brown or have like some sort of indication of infection. It was totally clean and clear looking. Hmm. So um, that's important to know. Just because it doesn't have that infection color doesn't mean that it's not coming because of an infection. So uh, once I realized that it wasn't blow, I texted you, Sam, and asked you, I was like, have you ever had a goat foam at the mouth? Like, I don't know what's happening here. And you wrote me back and you were like, well, did you check her temperature? I was like, duh, I didn't check her temperature. I should check her temperature. So I did check her temperature and it was over 106. Hmm. So we called the vet right away. And he arrived within 2 hours. The temperature that high is a clear indication of this type of pneumonia which is very environmentally caused pneumonia. So uh the vet came, he got there within 2 hours. He checked her eyes and she wasn't wormy she was eating and drinking and running from us <laughs> so she had energy and so he was like really this is a sick goat and i was like well, check her temperature and look at look at this fluid coming out of her mouth and he used his stethoscope and put it on her lungs and was like oh this goat has pneumonia he's like she doesn't look like she has pneumonia but she's got pneumonia i was like oh all right So she received the shot to bring her temperature down, and she also received that five-day antibiotic in one shot, which we know now aren't quite as effective in goats. So um, I would ask him to leave me some of that if this ever happens again. Uh, And she spent the day in her clean barn stall eating, drinking, draining fluid out of her mouth, and... I really thought that with just a little rest, she was going to get better. And I checked on her constantly on Saturday. And she always seemed to be about the same. She was kind of running and jumping in the barn stall, eating, drinking, having minerals, laying down, eating, drinking, jumping. She seemed pretty fine, but like a little weird looking because she was covered in food. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's just having a heyday in here, not having to fight anybody for food. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we had a party at a friend's house that evening, and since she seemed fine, we went ahead and went. So I was like, well, you know, I'm not doing myself any good just sitting in here staring at her, running, jumping, and eating. And uh, when I got home around midnight that night, something had kind of turned in that in that span of time. I'm trying to think. I think I was gone for like six hours total. Like, she just looked demented, for lack of a better word, like Goats always have kind of a weird look on their face, but (laughs) her eyes were like extra big and her mouth was like cocked open because there was just stuff draining out of it constantly. And she had packed her mouth so full of food and minerals that it just like didn't look natural anymore. And I did. I I took pictures of all of this stuff. I'm not going to post those in the Instagram carousel. Um, but what I probably will do is start a thread in our group to post all the progression pictures in um, because I think that they tell a real visual story of what she looked like during all of this. So you can use those to kind of compare if you ever have a goat that's having this. Cause that's one of the, that's one of the gaps that was in my research. I'm like Googling goat looks demented and packing mouth with food. <laughs> like <laughs> what could this be? And nothing's coming up of course. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know if, um, you know, when the, when somebody's goat dies from this, you know, they may not want to share the story or maybe they just don't think that that was really part of it. You know, that that was something that was unrelated so they don't talk about it when they do the write up on the pneumonia. So I'm going to try to like put all the pieces together into like one cohesive thing so that if somebody's looking for something like this, maybe hopefully they can find it. And um, she was just mindlessly circling, eating some hay, shoving her face into the mineral thing, and then she was just like dipping her head in the water bucket. And I couldn't tell if she was actually drinking, but she was just like hanging out at it and like putting her mouth in it and just leaving it there for like three minutes staring at me. I'm like, Darby, what the hell are you doing? This is super weird. I'm like, and it's not just weirding me out because I'm tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard about like them like either spinning in circles or just acting weird. And once that happens, usually, from what I've heard, that's not a good sign. And when a, a an animal's temp that gets high, that gets that high. I think that can definitely fry their brain a little bit and kind of like you mentioned before the the brain function or brain damage because of what they're going through can make them a little demented and maybe maybe demented is a very I feel like that's a very specific word (laughs) but yeah it sounds like it describes what you witness very accurately
1: yeah she just didn't look she didn't look like she understood what she was doing or why because i was sitting in there and you know i left her free access to hay and water and minerals because i thought like these are the three things she needs for survival she can regulate them herself and it wasn't until the next morning that i realized that she wasn't regulating it herself and i really should have taken i should have taken everything away from her except the water she should always have access to water because if she'll drink it It'll keep her hydrated and water is essential for like rumen working and the rumen working is essential for the thiamine and the brain to work. So, uh, but the next morning when I went out there, she had packed, um, so much like food and minerals into her mouth that it was like blocking everything. She was just like laying on the barn floor and she was like making the saddest little goat noise ever. And so, like, I opened the door and I could hear her. So I was like, oh, Darby's still alive. Because I, I stayed out there with her until 2.30 in the morning. And then I woke up early the next morning to go out there and try to help her some more. Because I'm like, at 2.30 in the morning, I'm like, I've run out of ideas for what to give her. Like, I had found my RX respiratory stuff and stuck that on her. I checked her for worms again. And she didn't look wormy. But I was like, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and warm her because, like, that's not going to hurt her. Um Like, what else can I do for this goat? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she's looking at me even more demented. She's like, lady, it's 2.30 in the morning and you're sitting in (laughs) here like shoving things down my throat. (laughs) Um, But she had packed so much stuff in in her throat that she couldn't, she could breathe, but she like couldn't really do anything else. So we gloved up and pulled everything out of her mouth. And it was insane how Mm. packed she had gotten. Um, some of that might've been though that she had actually successfully eaten, but her rumen was pushing it back out for chewing her cud and she may not have been chewing her cud and swallowing it because something with her brain wasn't working right anymore. So she couldn't, or she physically didn't have the energy. I don't know what it was. It's hard to say.
0: I wonder, and I'm totally speculating here, if she was having like, mucus like an excessive amount of mucus or kind of phlegm or something too if it made it sticky and it mm-hmm. made it difficult to do all that too
1: that's totally a possibility oh, absolutely baby. so um i did call the vet again and he was like oh it does not sound like she's getting better
0: well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> um, but he did answer the phone for me on a Sunday morning, so I got to give him some props for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he told me to give her five cc's of pen G um, sub Q subcutaneously, so we did that. Um, we also got some more Nutrigen down her throat. We gave her a little more probiotics. We were just kind of like, all right. This is our last-ditch effort to see if we can get her to get some energy because while she's laying down and not moving, she's not getting better. It's never a good sign when a goat lays down and won't get up Um, because their instinct is to get up and run from you or run around and jump on things and try to get to the highest spot in the room. (laughs) So uh, we also gave her some children's cough medicine, Um, and I wish I would have thought to give her that the day before, Um, but when the vet came and gave her her antibiotics and the stuff to take down the – fever he seemed to think that that was all she needed and we shouldn't do anything else for her he was like oh no just let her rest for a few minutes get some food and water she can be turned back out to pasture with her friends as soon as she you know starts to seem like she's perking up a little bit and there's a little less fluid coming from her uh but if i could do that over again i would have definitely started her on the robitessin sooner to help her break up that phlegm because that was super it's super hard for your body to break that up i mean you know what it's like to have a like a bronchial infection, mm-hmm. it sucks, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, she never coughed once. I don't know if goats don't cough like that, but she never like coughed to try to expel the stuff out of her lungs. So to keep her comfortable, I was giving her some water and probiotics using the drencher, and she was drinking it. And I was also flipping her over several times um, because you don't want them laying on one side for too long. That can suspend their rumen activity, and it can also cause blood to, like, pool in their muscles uh, improperly. So you want to make sure that they're changing position if they're not getting up and moving on their own.
0: Yeah, I've definitely heard before that you want to keep them sternal so that they're almost, like, sitting straight up, if that makes sense. Or laying straight, so you don't want them to... Lay on one side or the other which when I had the barn cam on in the barn anytime they laid on their their side I like freaked out but generally they wouldn't do it for that long because keeping them sternal like you said it, it does affect their room and um if they're just hanging out on one side for too long so if an animal isn't feeling so hot and I saw you sent pictures of like propping her up And that's the right thing you want to do is to prop them up so they're closer to that sternal position.
1: Well, and I realized I could have totally dragged a bale of straw in there and draped her over it so that she was sternal. I did not think to do that. I was having her on her side. So yeah, next time something like this happens, I would definitely put her so that she's straight up. And in fact, sternal was how she was laying when I found her the next morning. She wasn't on her side. She had kept herself straight. Yeah. That was good. So she had more sense than I did on how she should be laying, (laughs) even in her weird mental state that she was having. Yeah,
0: she was still trying. She still had some instincts, it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like. She did.
1: So uh, something else that I also did for her was she wasn't blinking anymore. So I was using some saline and I was spraying her eyes down with saline. And then once I would do that, she'd blink.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She's like, what the hell are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. cleaning my eyes out again (laughs) so uh I spent all day in the barn with her I stroked her head I held her I gave her a pedicure because her hooves were due and I was like well if she's not gonna fight me right now I might as well get this done now (laughs) I was like and then you can go back out to pasture tomorrow and have clean hooves um but yeah I basically spent all day Sunday in there and uh Sometime in the afternoon, evening-ish, I want to say it was around four, so I got up and I was like, all right, I have to go eat some food and I need to take a shower. So I've been laying in the straw on the ground with her and I, I was covered in like those chigger bites. <laughs> And I'm oh, like no. I have like clearly I haven't limed this barn lately it's the, what I'm gonna <laughs> do when I get back but I need to shower and get these bugs off of me and get some food like and then I'll come back out here and see if I can't think of anything else to do and so I was gone for about an hour and by the time I got back after showering making dinner and eating she had died and I mm-hmm it happened really fast like she had just died because i went in there and i put my hand on her and was like she's not breathing and i was like she's still warm i'm like can i do cpr on a goat i didn't have time to actually google that and look it up and i was like you know what (laughs) i was like no she passed peacefully so i should leave it that way and look, my husband was coming out too because we were getting ready to give her her next penicillin shot because he had said um you know the penicillin every 12 hours So the 12 hours had gone by So it was time for that um, And yeah she had just passed So that was it
0: Yeah sometimes I've heard this too That animals will wait Until they're alone To pass Because they it's like a privacy thing almost That they'll just go off And, and do that So maybe she felt like she had to hang on when you were there and then once you were gone she relaxed a little bit and let go because I've definitely heard that before
1: that's totally a possibility yep
0: not that that probably makes you feel any better about any of it but she didn't maybe she just didn't want to do that in front of you you know
1: well, and that's a possibility. She may not have wanted to do it in front of me. That's that's totally possible. She was even just barely she hanging scream
0: on. Scream at you. <laughs> she <laughs> didn't seem to like you much.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she didn't. <laughs> she certainly did not.
0: <laughs> was that was that the one we put in a tutu, or was it a different one?
1: No, she was one of the goats that we did not even try to put anything on. Okay, because she stayed away from us <laughs> the whole time. Yeah.
0: Okay. She's, she's one of the ones fleeing when the goat and the tutu was running around. <laughs> yes. Yes,
1: she was for sure. <laughs> um, and the whole thing from start to finish, which was once we realized that something was wrong with Darby to when Darby died was about 32 hours to give people a timestamp.
0: Which it sounds like it sounds like the the stuff you guys did do extended her life a little bit because it sounds like in the article it can be as fast as like 4 hours. Yeah. So it sounds like maybe it maybe it could work could have worked, but there's just something that happened along the way that just didn't, which I which I'm with you like I would never feel comfortable euthanizing an animal myself just because you don't know until the vets like yeah, no. Like even, like, putting dog down, dogs down and things like that, you know. Once you for sure know, then I get it. But it sounds like there could have been a chance, even no matter, like, how slim it was.
1: And it's totally possible, like, you know, with uh, getting Robitussin sooner or having that extra antibiotic on hand or having the vitamin B to give her the shots of. It's just, like, it's one of those things... Where like I'm not I'm not and I don't say these things to try to like blame myself or say that I should have like would have could have done all of these things because I think anybody who's experienced anything that just didn't go right like they would agree like in that moment it's kind of hard to think clearly about what you're supposed to do next or what the next step should be. And if you've never seen anything like that before, like you're literally just reaching at straws. Like I freaking wormed her. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> right. like you just like you're kind of grasping at things. And it also doesn't help. Like, so she was alive for 32 hours. I got like four hours of sleep in that entire time. So right. I also wasn't thinking very clearly or rationally necessarily. And that makes it hard. To, Mm -hmm. like, come up with what the next best course of action is. But now that we have this experience under our belt, I hope that we could actually get a goat over this. But, you know, like I said about Darby, Darby was never really quite right. So if this hadn't taken her, it's possible something else would have eventually as well.
0: Yeah. Some animals just don't have... Like, they call it, like, failure to thrive. Yep. And maybe she had some of that in her. You That's know.
1: totally a possibility. Um, but I did have a couple of notes on things that I have added to our first aid kit. And a few other things that I thought to myself that I would do differently next time if I ever come across this again. And the number one thing that I would do over again if I had a goat with pneumonia, I mean, besides actually saving her, obviously, um, would be to bring a friend in with her. Goats don't like being lonely. And a goat that hates your guts and is terrified of you doesn't feel more comfortable with you hovering in her barn for 30 hours. (laughs) yeah (laughs) she would have been much happier having may in there with me with her than having me in there and i should have brought her may but at the time i didn't realize that it wasn't contagious so i thought i was doing the other goats a favor by keeping them separate right um and uh the things that i added to my first aid kit include a stethoscope because Mm -hmm. i want to be able to listen to their heart and lungs and i've actually used it a couple of times already i'm not a vet So I don't know exactly what I'm hearing, but (laughs) if your goat has pneumonia, you'll hear like clear fluid and gurgling going on in their lungs Mm. and it should sound clear. So um, I'm going to practice with it and uh, using the stethoscope on the goats every time I trim their hooves is going to be something that I do. So I can hear how each goat's heart and lungs sound. Um, on a normal basis and then I can use that as Mm -hmm. my baseline for when something's off but it's definitely not instead of calling the vet (laughs) I'll still call the vet when I need them (laughs) it's just so that I can have a better idea of when something is wrong
0: right
1: Um, and I also did go buy that injectable vitamin B Uh, I found it to be very therapeutic to go to a tractor supply the next day after Darby died I went to tractor supply I had my 10% off you know like neighbor's club reward and I mm-hmm. stocked the first aid kit back up. I got the injectable vitamin B. Um, I, I bought some of those baby snot bulbs so that I could pull fluid out of her mouth and her lungs a little easier. Oh, I didn't think of that. Smart. I probably have one somewhere here. But, yeah, I was like, oh, that totally would have helped clear her lungs. I don't know why I didn't think of that at the time. Because, you know, that's what you do for babies because they don't cough it out very well. Right.
0: But you only had four hours of sleep.
1: (laughs) That's true. And even
0: before then, you're just in like survival mode, like both of you.
1: (laughs) And uh, I bought a bazillion syringes and needles for injections because I didn't have very many in my first aid kit. So we ran out of them very fast. (laughs) And I was washing, I was washing, sanitizing and reusing them, which I hate doing because they're not Mm -hmm. as sharp. So it makes sticking them just a little harder. Um, and I also bought the antitoxin for overeating disease uh, because I'm behind on my vaccination. So when she was foaming at the mouth, I was like, oh, she got that C&E thing or C, the CD uh-huh. of the CD&T. And no, that's, uh-huh. she didn't have the right symptoms for that. But foaming at the mouth is like one of those signs of having the overeating yeah. disease. So it's, yeah. I was like, well, now I have a vial of the tetanus antitoxin and a vial of the the C and D antitoxins. I've got those on as, as an, as an emergency. And I also got that, um, edible goat dewormer pellets. Um, I thought that those might be a little easier to deworm with if I ended up with a goat that had worms eventually. Mm. So, I don't know. But yeah, that's Derby's story. The end. Aww.
0: it sounds like you did a really good job. So doing everything you possibly could.
1: I mean, we definitely tried for sure. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll try over and over again on all of our future goats. And um, I am taking comfort in the fact that we gained so much valuable knowledge from it. So it was definitely not for nothing.
0: Right. It. I can't imagine like the article said when the goat can be acting completely normal and then be dead by morning like the mind f that that would be so and to, like not understand how it happened so i i could see how you experiencing that whole thing with her and understanding it at different points would be much more valuable than just walking in on a dead goat completely like blindsided
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah because we were able to like see what things made a little bit of a difference and what things didn't so we had knowledge to gain from it it wasn't just like surprise a shitty surprise but (laughs) surprise
0: yes indeed
1: so i think now it's time for we can't even corner
0: Woo! let's lighten the mood (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's hard to cheer after something like that. This is supposed to be a fun podcast, but it's a fun podcast that also shares really important information. So, yes, we're going to have those downers every now and then. But these weekend even corners are really good. So,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first so you can have a break from talking?
1: You know, I'll let you go first so I can have a break from talking. (laughs)
0: Okay, so my can't even um is about a viral video, and it's I, I'm gonna reference two articles. One's from Geek.com, one's from Mashable.com. So we will link those in the show notes. Um, and you may or may not have seen this. I saw it last night, and it like freaked me out. But <laughs> it says undead chicken breast appears to crawl off restaurant plate.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. I did not see this.
0: <laughs> yeah, so a raw, quote unquote, zombie chicken appears to crawl off a has to have crawled off a restaurant plate in a viral video, and people have freaked out over the nauseating footage. So, nobody knows where what the dining establishment is, but there's been, like, 11 million views in a shit ton of comments, so make sure you can... I'm sure you can track that down, but again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, And there wasn't an explanation for what... How it was moving or why it was moving, but it was skinned and it was raw, Um, so it's possible that the meat was just very fresh, but... Most likely, um, with chickens, it's like in in Bev. You probably know this better than I do. Um, they have nerve endings, and there's movement after you slaughter a chicken. Um, but I don't think the chicken was this fresh. So, jumping over to the Mashable article, um, Snopes, the website. <laughs> theorizes that the meat is actually a freshly skinned frog but if you're looking at the video like definitely has some kind of limb that is like pulling it off the table so i could see how it could be a frog i see that Um, i'm looking at it now
1: i had to click on it (laughs) i have i'm gonna watch this video while you talk (laughs) Uh,
0: before the video went viral in english speaking media hong kong news also reported that the dish shown was originally a frog so I don't know if there was just some weird translation thing. Um, <laughs> but, like, dead chicken doesn't move or really look like it does in that video. So while it's possible that a very recently killed chicken can still move, um, farmers are doubting that restaurants serve meat immediately after the animal's death. So it's probably not a chicken.
1: So I watched that, and I just have one thing to say, and I have to bleep yeah. myself after this, but what the f- <laughs> right Isn't it, it is creepy? the craziest thing i've ever seen absolutely insane oh my yes. god yeah somebody you guys have to go watch this i'm like my mouth dropped open when the thing crawled off the plate <laughs>
0: yeah so it It is important to note that there are, like, certain traditional Japanese methods of preparing seafood for consumption. And um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this dish because I can't speak Japanese. Um, But the dish often incorporates fish, octopus, and sometimes frog. And the animal is prepared live, dipped in alcohols and sauces, and then swiftly killed And the dish's ability to still move actually indicates its freshness, which makes it a delicacy.
1: Ew. Yeah.
0: And you can also have this other dish that's like a deep-fried yin-yang fish. Um, Sometimes it also has like freshly cut octopus tentacles and sesame oil. And although the octopus is dead, the nerve endings are still active and can actually... um, like respond to certain sauces or salt so it makes it look like it's moving or twitching so what they think yeah. is in the video is freshly skinned frog legs that are still twitching and dancing because the nerves are reacting to salt so that's what it most likely is <laughs> um, but they're still not sure exactly what meat that was they're just saying it's probably not chicken um, but the fact that it's managing to pull itself off the plate and escape is raising some eyebrows. And some people are considering that it's just fake. So um, the article <laughs> says, one thing's for sure, though, there's no way in hell that thing is chicken. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Creepy. I mean, so we let our chicken rest in the refrigerator for at least 24 hours before we eat it.
0: So it doesn't fall otherwise- off your plate? <laughs> well,
1: like rigor sets in after an animal has been slaughtered for food. So you mm-hmm. have to give the muscles time for that to relax. So that's why you don't want to eat a chicken right after you've butchered it. That makes so sense. So it seems super unlikely that it's chicken.
0: And after but, it's rusted it's probably not going to twitch like that.
1: No, the ugh. nerves should definitely be severed, like fully.
0: so Bev what is your can't even this week I hope it's not as gross as mine
1: (laughs) no mine is actually very heartwarming
0: (laughs) okay good we could use that right now
1: (laughs) okay so my can't even is that a woman found a rooster while she was hiking the Appalachian trail and she hiked over 40 miles with him in her arms what Mm -hmm. that's crazy Uh, so the first link I'm going to post is of the video um, that she kind of put together it's four minutes long I highly recommend everybody watch it because it's super sweet and heartwarming Um, but then I'll also post a link to the actual article all about it but I'll just kind of summarize it for you Um, it was this woman's lifelong dream to hike the Appalachian Trail which is a famous course that runs 2,190 miles from Maine to Georgia. And in June, she had started hiking it, and she started in Maine and was heading south. And uh, little did she know that when she reached Pennsylvania, three months after she started the trail, she would meet a very special hiking buddy, which turned out to be this rooster. Aww. And uh, she, she picked him up because um, she came across him. He's a Polish crested rooster. So he's like a very fancy looking rooster. And there were no houses or people around. So she's like, how did this rooster end up in the middle of nowhere? Like someone must've dumped him out here. And so she felt really sorry for him and just picked him up. And he must have a really good temperament because he was totally satisfied to just like be held in her arms. She covered him with her rain jacket when it was raining. And uh he camped with her in her camping um spots. But like long story short, she hiked with him for oh, I have the exact number in here somewhere. It was like forty seven miles or forty-five miles. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was really far. And she ended up taking him to a rescue sanctuary and she still gets to go visit him. And it's very heartwarming.
0: Aw. How cute
1: so yeah that's it that's my move. that's my can't even
0: that was a good one it's very heartwarming like you said
1: <sighs> and now it's housekeeping corner
0: yes no farm story this week but I think that's okay because I felt like Darby's story was kind of our farm story yeah I think so too so- we will leave it there. But if you do have farm stories for us, um, email those to us at drinkandfarm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And, guys, it can be anything. It can be funny. Um, it could be shit you think other listeners would enjoy, what we would enjoy. You guys do a pretty good job alerting us to things in the Facebook group. So just kind of, you know send those over to the gmail tell us what you want us to talk about or send us your farm stories and we will do that because we're always looking for more fun stuff to talk about
1: yes we are Mm -hmm.
0: and go ahead and if you uh would review us in all the places because that just warms our heart and helps our numbers out and helps us uh, appearance searches so other people can find us and if you really like us download the episode when you listen and hit that subscribe button and if you listen on youtube leave us a comment that's it that's
1: it Woohoo! thanks for listening guys
0: <laughs> yes we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to listen to us and learn about our stories and to hear about our experiences and you guys are just awesome overall yeah for sure for sure
1: so drink farm and, and give, give zero, zero clucks. clucks bye guys bye. we drink things we farm things we drink and farm things